0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. We're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. God is so cool. You know, God knows where you're at. He knows where you need to be, and he knows how to get you there. But oftentimes, change is required. One thing I can tell you about life and life with Christ, change is a constant. And if you're resisting change, oftentimes you're resisting God. But God knows how to get to you. God knows how to meet you where you're at. How many know that? He'll meet you right where you're at. God loves you so much. He doesn't want to leave you the same. He wants you To change and develop and to grow and become all that he said you will become. Watch it close. We're going to pick it up in verse 1, Luke chapter 5. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. This is Jesus. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. (laughs) It was a rough night. They're packing up stuff. They're saying, that's a wrap. (laughs) We didn't catch anything. It didn't go all that good. But, uh, you know, there's another day. We're master fishermen. We know what we're doing. It's just an off day. Anybody ever have one of those? See, sometimes when things are a little bit off, God shows up and puts it back on. Are you with me? Somebody say, it's on. Let's go. So watch it close. Verse 3. Then he got into the boat, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Then he had stopped speaking. Excuse me. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Lodge out into the deep and let down your nets, that's plural, for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. I'm going to tell you what he didn't say. Simon was a master fisherman. He knew that the best time or the optimum time to fish was at night. He was like, Jesus, we don't fish up in here like this in the daytime. You throw the net out, the fish are scared, they see the net, and you catch nothing. But instead, he doesn't say all that. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. (laughs) Interesting, right? But it's enough for God to work with. Jesus says, let down the nets. Simon says, he's a little bit resistant to change. He's like, I know how to fish. I'm a a master fisherman. I've got partners, you know. I've got a fishing company, and we were doing quite well before you got here. But nevertheless, at your word, even though it's in broad daylight, and I already know what's going to happen, I'll uh, partially obey you. I'll let down the net. So watch it close. This is so cool. Verse 6, and when they had done this, let down the net, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking so that they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Jesus sent them a net breaking, boat sinking, catch. All because he decided to halfway obey. (laughs) I don't recommend that, by the way. But see, this is a new thing for Peter. See, he knows how to fish in the natural. But Jesus says, I'm going to show you how to do it. Supernatural. When God puts his super on your natural, things change. Is somebody still with me? (laughs) You become another person. You go way beyond. See, but Peter had to deal with the objections in his mind. He was thinking, I've been doing this a long time. I know this isn't going to work, but you know what? I'll just kind of like, you know, appease him. Woo! Net-breaking, boat sinking, miracle catch, because he halfway obeyed. But, you know, God will take that. Five loaves and two fishes, a little boy's lunch. God just needs something to work with. He'll tolerate a little bit of unbelief when you're just getting started with him. They're just getting started. Are you still with me? This is so cool. So it says in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, talking about this miracle catch, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. For I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they they had taken. They were amazed. They were like, gosh, this isn't normal. We We don't fish in the daylight. We don't, we don't do it this way. What's, what's going on? A miracle catch. Because they obeyed God's word. See, you know, sometimes you play that little game called Simon Says. Well, I want you to play Jesus Says. The more we do what Jesus says and we practice what Jesus says, we get the Jesus kind of results. How many want Jesus kind of results in your marriage, in your family, in your business, in whoever you might be? But you got to do what Jesus says and continue to practice what Jesus says. But oftentimes... The problem's in our mind. See, God has to change the way we think so we can transform our lives. These guys just begin to change the way they thought. So much so, this is what they did. Verse 9 says this. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. It's kind of cool. They got, a, they got a mind renewal. See, a renewed mind equals what? A transformed life. They forsook all <laughs> and followed him. They said, gosh, this guy's something else. Gosh, he's amazing. Looked at James and said, I'm not really quite sure what happened, man, but um, we need to follow this guy. He knows something we don't know. We thought we, we thought we knew everything about fishing. This is why it's really important to serve in the local church. See, why Simon Peter is doing his occupation, yeah, Jesus reveals to him his vocation, his life's calling. That's why it's so important to serve in the church, to serve wherever God tells you to serve. And along the way, God will reveal to you your vocation while you're doing your occupation. The vocation is your life's call. Woo! See, this story was prophetic about Peter's life. He goes from being a fisherman to a fisher of men. How many know God always keeps his promises? Always, always. Always, always, God always keeps his promises. It's a little inside thing with me and my wife, <laughs> but, but, but she knows what I'm talking about. But always, always, it just means that God always keeps his promises. But it's so cool, this story from Luke 5, 1 through 11, is actually prophetic about his life, of going from being a fisherman to a fisher of men. I don't have these on the screen, but you can find them in the U Version Bible or your Bible, the printed matter. So, Peter, he's so cool. He's becoming a fisher of men. In Acts two, in about verse thirty-six, if you would go there with me, and I'll read it to you. You still with me? Come on, it gets better. Look at your neighbor and say, "It gets gets better. It gets better." (laughs) Watch it close. (laughs) It's going to be really cool. So Peter stands up. He preaches to all these people in Jerusalem, and it's so cool. Acts 2 and 36 through 38 reads this way. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Holy Spirit conviction. They're getting a mind renewal, their minds being changed about who Jesus is. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, or you could say the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, and as many as the Lord God will call. Verse 41 reads this way: "Then those who gladly received His word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them." See, Peter let down what? The net. He's throwing out the net, and he gets a what? A great catch. This is amazing. I told you in Luke 5, this was prophetic about what was going to happen in his life. Jesus always keeps his words. He says, hey, for now on, you're going to catch men. You're going to be a fisher of men. In Acts chapter 4, we see Peter and John, they're preaching again. Here we go again. You know, he's, he's now stepped out of his occupation. He's now in his vocation. He's a fisher of men. He stands up, they preach, they teach. 5,000 people believe and receive Jesus. Isn't that cool? I got to tell you, when he met Jesus, talking about Peter, he had no idea what Peter, what Jesus was saying. That I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So Peter, as a lot of us guys do and some gals too, they start getting the hang of things saying, hey, you know, I'm getting pretty good at this. I'm becoming an expert, right? <laughs> so, just when we seem to get a handle on things, God changes the game. <laughs> Are you still with me? He's still a fisher of men, but God says, I'm going to throw him a curveball. <laughs> I'm going to throw him one that he can slam out of the park. Are you still there? So, there's this man by the name of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And he does a lot of good things. He's a centurion. He's a Roman officer in the Roman army, and he prays a lot, and he, gives a lot of, he does a lot of good deeds for people there in Israel. He lives in Caesarea, which is north of Joppa, and an angel shows up and says, hey, what's going on, Cornelius? You know what? All the good things you've done for all these people, God remembers. He says, he set up a memorial for you, and he said, uh, I want you to call for one called Simon Peter, he's in, in Joppa. <laughs> I need you to go down to Joppa, and he's going to come up and tell you all that you need to do. It's because Cornelius hasn't been introduced to Jesus yet. And Cornelius is so excited, he takes one soldier, two of his servants that are loyal to him, and he says, hey, I need you to go down to Joppa. I need you to find one called Simon Peter. He's with Simon the Tanner. And so these three guys go down to Joppa. See, while God's working it out with Cornelius, He's also working it out with Peter. <laughs> Watch it close. Acts chapter 10. You still there? So in Acts chapter 10, something very unique happens. And you have to understand Peter is a very Jewish individual, he doesn't keep company with Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. But see, this isn't an exclusion. This is inclusion. God includes everyone to become a part of his family. Jesus died for everyone. Not someone, but everyone. Jewish and Gentile and whatever you might be, Jesus loves everybody. Desperately. (laughs) He gave his life for us. Watch it close. We're going to pick it up and. Hmm. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. I'll give you a little backstory. I have some time to do it. Won't take much, okay? You still with me? Yeah. <laughs> Acts chapter 10, verse 1 says this. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God Always. <laughs> About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in saying to him, Cornelius. He says to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. This guy did so much good, God remembered him. Isn't that cool? I want to be like that. (laughs) I want to be just like that. For the glory of God, of course, that someone might know Jesus. Watch it close. And this is what the angel says to him. So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. So God's working on Cornelius. He's working on his household, but he's also working on the fisher of men. God's setting this guy up. Watch it close. Verse 9. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. It's about noon. It's about lunchtime. Then he he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and letting down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him saying this, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, but Peter said, Not so, Lord. He has an objection. He says, For I have never eaten anything common, that means ordinary or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. See, God's renewing his mind. Peter's saying, I'm very Jewish. I don't eat that stuff. He says, Jesus, I I, I don't do that. He says, that's unclean. God says, don't call anything common or unclean, which I've already cleansed. He was talking about the Gentiles. Peter was not going to go preach the gospel to the Gentiles. It wasn't in his thinking. See, when we allow God to change the way we think, he can do the unfathomable in the unique. So God had to do something with his thinking. Took him about three times. Because this was rooted and ingrained in his culture. Oh, my gosh. Woo. So Peter goes to... With these three, let me give you this too because this is so cool. You got to catch this. God's just extending grace after grace after grace to him. Verse 18, Acts 10, 18 through 20. God is so trying to help this fisher of men to let down his nets for another kind of catch. Woo! Woo! God says, I'm going to do a little something different up in here. I'm going to do what I do. (laughs) God is so powerful. And he says this. He says, and they called and asked whether, I'm going to go up one more. I'm sorry. It says, uh, now, verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what the vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Verse 18. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him. See, God's involved in Peter's life in a great way. He says, Behold, three men seek you. They're looking for you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I've sent them. I think he's getting it. I think he's got it because he gets to stepping. See, God wants you to go. So you can grow, so you can glow. Yes, he does. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to live a vibrant life for him. Why? So he can draw people unto himself because God wants a bigger family. God wants more sons. God wants more daughters. So he goes. God has done a lot of work with Peter. Just try to get him to go. So he shows up. He goes to Cornelius' house. And it's just so cool. And a lot of things are going on when he gets there. And we'll pick it up here and, let's see, verse 28. How many know sometimes you don't understand everything? You just need to go with it? Look at your neighbor and say, go with it. Sometimes God won't explain everything to you. He'll give you enough so you can just what? Go with it starting that new business, buying that new house, starting that new relationship. you prayed about it, and God says, just go with it. Sometimes you have to quit trying to figure everything out. You you can't figure God out. (laughs) God reveals to you his will, and then you have to go do it. That's how this really works. (laughs) Verse 28. (laughs) So he's here at Cornelius' house, and he says, Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or to go out with one another, with another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. This is a big change in the way Peter thinks. But God has something else in mind. He says, Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? Cornelius tells the story. He begins to minister to him and watch it close. Then Peter opened his mouth, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works for righteousness is accepted by him. It's powerful. And Cornelius has called his family members, he's called his close kins, he's called his friends. There's a lot of people there. Peter shares the word of God, the Holy Spirit falls on them, and they get saved. And it's amazing. And those that are Jewish are like, What? You mean God saving Gentiles too? He says, Uh-huh. And Peter goes back to the to Jerusalem. He shares it with his buddies and they say, Wow, God accepts the Gentiles too. See, God took him out into the, the deep waters. Are you still with me? The deep waters. See, when God asks you to do something that you've never done before, you're not on the shore anymore. You're not on the in the ankle deep waters anymore. God took him way out there, way past his thinking. He says, I'm a Jew, I don't keep company with Gentiles. But Jesus told me to. Shows up, shares the gospel, Cornelius and his whole household, close friends, receive Jesus. Isn't that cool? See, God is concerned about everybody. One thing I want to share with you, too, is you say, well, how do you, like, how do you, like, flesh that out in your, in your own life? You know, what I'd have to say, <laughs> I've kind of been like Peter <laughs> on any given day. You know, um. Not too long ago, I was uh, getting ready to pick up the phone and call a friend, and God speaks to me, and he he says, preach my word. He's done it on more than one occasion, and when God gives me that, my response is, well, create some opportunity for me. And God creates the opportunity, but it's not always the opportunity that I think. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because God has something, God has the big picture in mind. And so... I pick up the phone, I talk to my friend, and my friend talks to me, and he says, hey, I'm down here in San Diego, and I want you to come to my conference, and I want you to go to Tijuana, Mexico, I've never been to Tijuana, and he says, I want you to preach for me. And he says, it's a prison. I'm like, yo, I don't know if I'm ready for that. So I tell him yes, right? And then I would be a little double-minded, and I tell him no. And I have all these objections. I'm like, dude, I feel a little anxious about that. People go to prison in Mexico sometimes, and they don't get out. God, I don't want that to be the case with me. So I tell my, my pastor, and my pastor says, well, while you're down there, if you need anything, let me know. He, he's just saying, Dwight, I've got your back. <laughs> so my wife talks to me, and she says, you know, you really should do it, and she shares some things with me, and I feel like I have a legitimate claim to not go, but God wants me to go. I said, well, okay, I'll go and I'll trust God. But God had to change the way I I thought. God had something else in mind. And so I go and I get to preach the gospel and I get an opportunity to throw out the net for a catch. I don't even know God's gonna do this. 38 people received the Lord. See, that's what happens when we do what Jesus says to do. Jesus says, launch out into the deep, let down the nets for a catch. See, God wanted to make me a fisher of men. God wants us all to be fishers of men. And how he does that is up to him. We're all unique, so I'm sure it will be unique. Don't put God in a box. God knows how to do it. You know, I was 20 years old. I had been married almost a year, and I was almost having a nervous breakdown. Is somebody hearing me? And uh, God shows up. And I talked to one of the chaplains, and he says, You're too afraid to live, and you're too afraid to die. And he says, You gotta let go and let God. I don't understand all this. I'm a baby Christian, but I'm getting it. Are you still with me? And he says, He says this to me. He says, Read the book of Acts. Ask God to work through your hands and work through your feet. He said, God's gonna make you a fisher of men. It's crazy. That was like maybe 36 years ago. But God knows what He's doing. But God threw me a curveball. I was used to preaching and teaching in America, I was used to preaching and teaching in Europe, but I'd never done it in Mexico. See, God's gonna ask you to do some things. Are you willing? Are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to take a step into the place called best? God is so good. Go with me to Romans 12, 1 and 2. It will be on the screen. God is so good. See, a renewed mind equals a transformed life. Oftentimes when people first become Christians, they have trouble with believing they're still a Christian. And I'll tell you why, because they're still changing the way they think. They're like, I know I love Jesus. I know I'm going to heaven. I know that I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believed in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. I know that Jesus says, "Behold, I stand on the door. I stand at the door and knock. And if, if anyone believes in me, he says, i 'I'll open the door, and I will come in.' That's a promise. But I still not, my, my life really doesn't match up with all that, because you're changing the way you think as you continue to do what Jesus says, practice what Jesus says, and read what Jesus said, that transforms your life. A renewed mind is a transformed life. All a renewed mind really is, it's like that 57 Chevy. It's all rusted. You know, you get that new chrome bumper on the front, on the back. You get some new bucket seats. They're leather. Same car, but it looks brand new. See, that's all it is. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ that we do hold his thoughts, feelings, intents, and purposes. We just have to give ourselves over to it. And if you want to find the mind of Christ it's in the B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> there's almost on there's almost one Bible on every coffee table in America, read or unread. <laughs> Sabbath room. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Been there. Used to didn't pick up my Bible, didn't read it, didn't know where it was, needed to dust it off, <laughs> you know? Now I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> but I want to tell you, I want to read this to you because I think it's going to change your life. But it's Romans 12, 1 through 2, the New Living Translation. And it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will accept. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior in customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. (laughs) Woo! You know what? (laughs) That's amazing. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Isn't that cool? I want the good, the pleasing, the perfect, and the powerful in my life. And it comes from following Christ, a Christ that loves us. Even a guy that halfway obeyed, God still gave him a miracle. Is that not cool? My like, God, you meet us where we're at. Can you imagine what would have happened if you would have let down the nets instead of the net? It would have been an enormous catch. It was enormous anyway, but God meets you right where you're at. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on convochurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church podcast.